The face of Latina professionals propels women of color to reach their highest potential through education, community, and self-development. Join us as we come together to provide a platform for Latina voices to connect and be heard on the Face of Latina Professionals podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Face of Latina Professionals podcast. Today, I'm joined by Elisa Ochoa, dentist and owner at Pilsen Smiles. Elisa, thank you for being here. No, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. No, likewise. And what a, you know, just a fresh of breath there you are and the energy <laughs> you bring is just awesome. So I know we're going to have a great conversation. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Likewise. So exciting. Thank you for having me. I'm very flattered. Well, you know, jumping right into it. Let's do uh, it. Let's do it. Where, where are you from originally? So like, where's your family from and where did you grow up? Um, so my parents, my parents are from Guadalajara, okay. um, Jalisco. And so they came in the late sixties to okay. Chicago, um, grew up on the South side of Chicago. So my parents were settled in Pilsen and then from there moved to Brighton park. And that's where I was born. And I lived there for quite some time. And then we moved over to a different part of the city. Okay. So I've been on the South side and yeah, it's where we're from. Now, what was that like growing up? Um, what was it like growing up? Ah, uh, hard. Yeah? Militant, you know. Really? My, my dad took no prisoners, you know. They came here to do something, so you got to do something too. So, um, wow. a lot of pressure to succeed and just do it. But it was, it was good. It was fun. It was a nice upbringing that we had. Now, obviously, you're a dentist, and that required a lot of education and, <laughs> and discipline and all those great things. So, it makes sense that, you know, the, the background and the upbringing kind of led into that, I guess, a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. I graduated dental school, and my dad's like, so you're not specializing? You're done? And I was like, oh, my God, I've been in school since I was four. I'm like 28. So, it was just, it's that never enough. Keep going. Keep moving, you know? And once you get there, it wasn't like a high five. It's like, so what's the next step? You should have done that. That's your job, you know? Wow. So, a lot of tough love with that, but... um to your point, it's kind of where, you know, I was able to get here. Now, one of the things that I've, and, and for me, it's just my, my personal experience, but, you know, I know everything's different. Everyone's different. But education seemed like it wasn't necessarily the most highly valued thing in terms of the Latino community, mm-hmm. right? Where did that come from from your parents, that it was so important for them that I didn't particularly see that growing up, right? Sure. Um, I think it's in, in their household, even back in Mexico, like it was super important. So my parents are from this little small town, a few hundred people. And, and if you had the means, only the men would get educated. You would send the men off wow. at like 10, 12 years old to the bigger city and they would get educated. No chance for a woman. My father didn't have that financial backing. So, um, but they saw it in their community. Like if you had it, you would send the kids off. So education was always something that was super important within that community, but it was only a matter of if you had the means to do so. Mm. So I think it came from that. But still having that hard work ethic. 100%. Now, did you always know you wanted to be a dentist? You know, it was crazy. I get this asked a lot. I think I was like 15 or 16 when I like firmly decided I wanted to be a dentist. I knew I always wanted to do something that helped people directly impacted people. I'm super social, so I couldn't do a desk job. So I knew I had to be in an environment where I got to interact and meet different people. Um, I really thrive off that. I thrive off other people's energy. And I really enjoy just seeing someone with an issue and then I can immediately fix it within minutes and they're out of it, you know? And so that's super satisfying for me that I'm able to have a skill set that can get people out of pain. So that's super important for me. And not only that, but you're also doing a lot of cool things that you're not charging for as well. Right. And I'm sure that feeds your soul just as much as, you know, anything that you could do, volunteering or whatever else, that you get to do what you do best. 
uh, for others and oftentimes at no cost to them, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, people come through our doors and you function more as a friend and a therapist and a clinician and you get to have these awesome conversations with people and they teach you a lot more so than you would probably teach them. But it's, it's, it's incredibly, um, it's such a privilege to be able to impact people that way. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah. why, why Pilsen? Why, which, what did, why did you choose to stay local? Yeah, I um, I knew when I wanted to go into healthcare, I wanted to service the Latino community. We're often underserved and overlooked, and people pay attention to us when they see some sort of consumer financial. Um, I would say priority that can come with that. So, um, it was my passion to open up in this community where there's very few of us that can do this. So Pilsen was where my parents came when they first came from Mexico, and it was great to them, although there was a lot of issues that came along with living in a neighborhood like that, the violence and the bars and all this stuff that came along with it. But it was great to them, and I always wanted to feel like I wanted to give back to a community that was great to my family. That's awesome. I mean, what a wonderful thing. Now, as far as what you've learned through it, right, and to see kind of the the different um, experience you have now as an adult and in the community and involved, what's some of the things that you've learned about the community through your work that you know, presented maybe an opportunity for you or a problem that you could solve that you didn't realize or were aware of as you were doing it? I just, I realized the reach we can have. The reach we can have, the influence we can have. We were lucky enough to touch eight to 10 people a day. That's eight to 10 new people wow. you get to meet every day. Not, yeah. not many people can say that. Eight to 10 people you get to meet and usually um, distress situations they're in pain so usually see the worst part of people um and so what you're able what i was able to see is just how we were able to connect and influence people and get them to actually believe in the service we're providing and most importantly what was really inspiring for us is just being able to see what we do for people and them able to take it and run with it such as preventative things many people especially in the latino community only go to the dentist when something hurts so we did such a good job or we've tried to at least to educate the community so it's inspiring to see them now come back on the refrigerator like their appointment cards like that sort of thing they're invested and they see the importance of it so I realized that, that if you can take special interests, you take the time, you sit down and you act like you care and you do care and you show them and you educate them, it can make a world of a difference as opposed to just treating them like a number, which is oftentimes what in healthcare, especially in lower income communities, is how we're treated regardless of the ethnicity. It's, it's of a lower income status. So I think we were able to provide that and see a difference in the community. And it just kind of, it just kind of, took off so it's been great well and 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 i just again just from my own experience but it seems like within the community it's one of the hardest things to do is ask for help or that you know whatever it is you that you're dealing with you suck it up until like you said until you're in so much pain that you have to go and Mm -hmm. someone's like you got to go to the dentist right what i guess of anything from that have you seen change beyond just like do people take more interest in other things that they should like oh because i did this you know, with my dentist, now I maybe should be concerned more about my health or like, does it become more about helping people beyond just dentistry for you or does it pretty much stay with dentistry? No, it's a domino effect. It is, right? It's a domino effect, imagine. 100%. It's it's all connected, everything you do. So everyone's like, oh, work-life balance. No, everything's integrated. So if we can inspire you to be healthy in the mouth, which is the gateway of the body, I guarantee you're going to want to be healthier in other departments. So I 100% feel like if you can take that um, 
I guess now interest you would have in your oral health care if we're if we're lucky enough to inspire people to do that. I think you can take that and put that towards other aspects of your life. And it does impact you. I mean, the minute you see one thing better or you know improve, you're going to want that for other areas of your life. It's super inspiring. It's super inspiring to keep doing because it's so hard to continue continuously feel like you're having the same conversations of this is what you should do in educating. But once you finally see people, oh my God, they do listen, or now they're healthier, now they're family, or X, Y, and Z, you're just like. They do listen. This is what we're here to do, and we just keep doing it. That's so awesome. Yeah. Now, talk to me about coming up as a as a dentist. Now, it's not something that you see every day, where you have, you know, and, and there should be more of. I'm not, you know, discrediting that, but that you don't see is Latinas in dentistry. <clears throat> talk to me about how what that was like, just coming up, uh, probably a minority in that, right? Yeah. You know, someone told me, "Oh, wow, you guys are like the unicorns in the industry." Um, you know. When I, I went to undergrad at U of I and I always tracked, I always had my track to go into like biology, so into sciences so I can become a dentist. The amount of minorities that started were inspiring. Like there were so many that wanted to go into healthcare for whatever reason and then take it from there. And as the years went on, the semesters went on, it dropped tremendously. And so you saw the class sizes get smaller and smaller of people that kind of look like you and not look like you, but maybe are going into it for your reasons. So dentistry is really interesting in the sense that majority of people who go into dentistry, it's legacy. They have someone. It's a super small percentage of us that go in and you have no one. So it's something that's like when people usually go into dentistry, it's like, oh, my dad, my uncle, my this. Um, And for me, it was just I saw a need in our community and we really needed it um and so oh <laughs> like what was it like in terms of like you being a minority what what, oh. what did you experience or you know maybe some of those challenges um in undergrad I think it was a sense of community so um just having other people that have been through what I've been through in our community that I can lean on was really hard so I think just knowing that it's majority of people who I hung out with in college weren't doing what I was doing. So kind of being able to lean in on my friend group for that was a little difficult. They're off doing something and you're kind of at the library. I'm dropping them off at the bar and I'm going to the library and then I pick wow. them up after. Like it was a very different lifestyle. Um, once Good I got, for you though. That's <laughs> amazing. Was, That's discipline. It was a lot of work and you look back and in college I was like why am I doing this like I want to have fun too and I want to do this and it all comes with time but um by the time I got to dental school and the entire dental school each dental class at UIC were about 60 to 70 not including like international students we were maybe three in the entire building holy smokes mm-hmm, of just Latinos like women and men like they're not even one per class and some maybe maybe in some classes there were a little bit more but the the ones that were there were necess- were not necessarily for the community either, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, but it was it was great. It was difficult. I think it was a bit harder um, being a woman than being necessarily just that, a minority. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's just a lot of where um, our field is. It was a lot of older white men. Most of my professors were military, milita- military trained. So they were really, Oh, no way. Yeah. Marine docs. Interesting. Yeah. Most of them were, wow. so they're really hardcore. Um, you tell them you want to open up a business. They kind of look at you like, don't you want to start a family? Like it was a very foreign concept for oh, them, wow. for a woman to want to go into entrepreneurship. So I feel like in dental school, the struggle was more, uh, breaking the mold, busting through the ceilings of what most people who are higher up above you 
thought you should do or what you should do. Yeah. They thought most women went into dentistry because it does provide a flexible schedule. So you can work part time and raise your kids. And that's not why I went to it, you know. So um, I think that was harder for me um, than being the minority because I thrive on that. I am used to being the one of the few female at a board table or one of the few minority ones. Um, and so I kind of take that and I'm like, I, I enjoy that. I like being able to show others that are there like something different. So I never really saw it like being very few Latinos in dental school. I didn't see it like a challenge. I saw it more as disheartening. Mm. We're the largest growing community. We're going to be the largest in 10 years. And there's so few of us, so little push to move us into these fields. So I took that and I was like, okay, I found that inspiring. I'm going to change this. But the concept or the thought process of what other people have of women going into this field, that was more, that was more frustrating for me, that barrier. Um, because I know as Latinos, we're going we're gonna to kill it. We're going to get through it, right? It frustrates me that there are not enough of us going into healthcare, but just the um, just the thoughts that of others have of women and how we're going into this and what we should do with this was more frustrating for me. Well, I can only imagine, but that seems also be now part of your your mission and your purpose is to inspire others as well with your story, right? Yeah, like I, I realize, like as I've been doing this, like what drives me more? I love dentistry. I love I love what I do, but I think what really like gets me up on a Monday morning and I'm like, let's do this is, at just seeing the community being educated and inspired to want to keep up a big part of their oral health care. They think, oh, I'll just lose a tooth. It's not that easy. You start losing a tooth on one side, you start chewing on the other side, you start compromising. Like I said, the 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 mouth is the gateway to the body. You start losing teeth. There's certain foods that are incredibly important for you that you can no longer eat. So therefore, nutrition goes down. That goes into the whole diabetes and heart history that the Latino community suffers yeah. from tremendously. It's all connected, right? So that's like my biggest thing. Like, man, we can get them to change. We can get them to come. We can get them. The second thing is inspiring women to go into healthcare, entrepreneurship, both of those things are are topics that just really get me going and really like get me excited um, because I think it's our time. I think we've been pigeonholed. I think we've been stopped a lot. I think we've been confined to other people's norms and like I, I got asked a lot, like, don't you want to have a family? Like, don't you want to? Yeah, I do. But last time I checked, it takes another person to help me do that. So he's going <laughs> to help me divvy up the processes and let me live my professional dream. Like, I don't think you need to sacrifice so much for one thing because you'll never, you'll resent that one thing you sacrifice the other thing for. So I love inspiring women. I love inspiring men to support women because if you don't have that, you need that as well. So it's not just supporting women, rah, 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 but getting men to understand, like, you need to back them so that they can do it whether, it, it, whether it's a household of a man or a woman or two men, whatever it may be, but the other partner has to be able to pick up slack so that you can go off and do that. So it's not just, boom, women, we got to do it. It's making sure everyone understands the importance of being able to support women. A hundred percent. And mm-hmm. on that, what advice would you give to women that are listening as far as taking that approach of, you know, if, if I want something or if this is my dream, that it doesn't have to be that my responsibilities as a mom, as a wife, whatever that is, again, the, the social expectations, right. right, or norms, and, and hopefully those are changing. But yeah, what advice would you give to those women to say, pursue that? Like, you can still have it all. You can do both. You don't have to give up one or the, you know, one for the other. 
I would say the most important thing is be careful who you surround yourself with. So who is your partner? I think that's the most important decision of your life. That's who you're going to spend so much time with. That's going to define a lot of your happiness. Because if your partner fully supports you, then they'll be able to be like, yeah, you can have that late night. Go ahead and not give you shit about it the next day, right? And you need to be able to feel safe to be able to take that time. Because in order for your professional dream to flourish, like, you got to sacrifice something. You're not a great wife, friend, mom, sister when you're at work. You're not a great employee, entrepreneur when you're at home. Like, that's the honest to God truth. So so being able to surround yourself with people who are going to support it and kind of push you to it and be okay with you making those sacrifices because it affects everyone. That's the most important thing. Who do you surround yourself with? Not do they see your vision, but do they support it? Because no one's going to see you, especially as an entrepreneur. Like, your ideas are wild. Like, they run and they run rampant. And yeah, one out of 30 hit, one out of 30 are, makes sense. So people around you are like, this chick is crazy. So it's more of like, don't support it, just support me trying to do it. So I think that as a, as a female, like, you can have it all. You will have to make many sacrifices. But just surround yourself around people who are about that with you. That is great advice. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, you hear it all the time, but the way you said it is very, it just hits hits the nail on the head, you know, for a lot of us that, um, yeah, we don't realize it and we get in these toxic situations or we, we stay in them, right, more than anything else when they're not serving us. And I think you yeah. see that very much in the Latino community. 100%. And you know, another thing I'm starting to see is like a lot of men are like, oh, I wish my wife, I wish my wife did that or X, Y, Z. Well, you need to be able to support your wife in ways you're not ready to. So I think, again, my message is the partner needs to be on board 100%. Pick someone who's going to be your sidekick, you know, your best friend who's going to ride it out with you. Again, great advice. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Pilsen Smiles, a lot going on. Um, You guys are expanding, growing. I mean, it's just big things happening. Tell us a little bit about that and and what the the vision for, for the brand is and for the community. So we uh, opened up in October. It'll be six years. And so we got a place. Congratulations. Got, by thank the way. you. Um, my dad was retired in Mexico and I called him and I'm like, these are the quotes I've got for a build out. And he's like, what? <laughs> Flew back, got all his buddies that were in construction with him and kind of did the practice for me. So it was like a family affair. Uh, it was a lot of work. We had to develop a very different relationship, but um, it was it was amazing. So we started with three operatories, which is where we see patients. And now we just finished our expansion last week to 12. So we went from 3 to 12. We started with a little team of three, and now we're 22. Wow. And we're so excited. We've got um, four general dentists and then two specialists that come through and help us out. Um, and we're an all-female team. Not on purpose. It just kind of happened. Oh, no like, way. Yeah. Most of the auxiliary teams in uh, healthcare tend to be women. So the front desk, the assistants, our hygienists. Um, and now with more than 50% of the graduating class being women, it's not an unheard of that most of these practices are made up of women. Um, it's great that it's a lot of us because we get it. When your kid's sick, you're this, you're that. So we kind of all move and uh, make it work. But it's been nothing short of challenging, but awesome like I'm so I I wake up and I'm like dang like I didn't even think that what we've done was even in my five-year like pipeline really and we just kind of kept hustling and hustling Pilsen's been amazing it's it's such a vibrant community and and they're just so grateful they come in and they're like thank you for being here and it's they're like aunts uncles cousins like everyone is like family when they come through they bring us food like it's I could not have decided in a 
better community to open up. They're awesome. So we're currently, uh, we had a parking lot next door that we converted into the practice. And so now we were able to expand the practice. Um, So we're just seeing how that'll take off and what that'll do for us. Well, obviously, you're exceeding what your own expectations are, yeah. right? which is an awesome thing. Right? Yeah. But but yeah, what is like what is the hope for it or what is the goal with it? Um, you know, beyond is it is it just Pilsen or is it, you know, hopefully taking the name of Pilsen beyond Pilsen? I you know, interesting. Like I get I've been asked that quite a bit as of late. I think of the expansion, but I I do have my heart set on another location potentially there's a specific community that's another latino community underserved overlooked they service everyone else but there's no one to take care of that need for them so they go to other areas that are 30 plus minutes away like many people in pilsen were going cicero south loop west loop they weren't staying within the community um so i do have my heart set on that my passion is servicing the underserved so if we can find it just like that and be that community that practice that is able to provide a service, a seller service, um, boutique service, as they call us. Mm. I, I think that's what I would really, really enjoy doing. So I would love to open up a couple more or take over a couple more with that same approach. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, for people listening, um, where can they find more? Where can they follow you, support <laughs> you? you know, how, can, how can they get uh, in touch with you? Yeah. Um, Follow us at uh, Pilsen Smiles on Instagram. My young team members are awesome. They created like TikToks and all that. Don't ask me about that stuff. I don't know too much about it, but we've got TikTok pages. I have an Instagram page, Dr. Elisa Ochoa. Um, so follow us there. Connect with us. We're pretty good about responding back. But I just really would love if anyone's listening and you're just like, I don't know what to do or I'm like stuck or I'm this, like, even once you figured it out, you still get stuck, you know? So just surround yourself about around people who are fun, you know, inspiring, and sharpen your iron, you know? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you so much thank for you. coming in. Thank you. This is in. awesome. Oh, I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> I had so much fun. Thank you, Tony. Okay.